0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixing to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, alongside fellow co-host, Dan Sadek. Dan, how are we doing today? Hey, we doing well, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. Today, we are talking some postseason baseball. That's right. The MLB postseason is upon us with the division series starting today on October 7th. That means the wild card games are in the books. So let's start off with a quick little uh, reactions to the wild card games. Uh, you had we had our Boston Red Sox taking on the New York Yankees in the AL wild card game Tuesday night at Fenway. The Red Sox come away with a solid win. Garrett Cole gets chased in the third inning; doesn't even get an out in the third. And the Red Sox go on to win. I think it was what six to two. Yep. And Nathan Avaldi solid in the game leads handles the Yankees lineup, keeps the bats at bay. And I mean, ex- Xander Bogarts gets a two-run home run in the first to kick off the festivities. And I feel like from that point forward, the game really didn't feel like it was ever in doubt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you love to see Bogarts coming through, especially after like a tough second half. I mean, he just wasn't the same guy as he was in the first half. I mean, not that he was bad, but nice to see that, especially with JD Martinez out uh, with his ankle injury and a guy that you got at the deadline, Kyle Schwarber, who was great for you um, post deadline and came through again, absolutely crushed that ball. Uh, to deep right, and yeah, I I think that was encouraging because the Yankees came in and swept you not too long ago, um, very recently. So to do that to the Yankees and Garrett Cole on that night with Uvaldi out there, bullpen comes through like everything kind of checked the box, and I uh, it was encouraging for uh going into the series with the Rays, like you know. I don't think anything really like d- defensively they were even good. Like that is my biggest question mark for them is like their defense um, and how they play the ball out, out there. So, I mean, that's like the biggest question mark for me. And they even did well there that play at home play to get out judge uh, from the exchange from TK out there to Bogarts all the way down to home plate. Perfect execution. And you know, I hope to see more of that.
0: Yeah, I think that was the one point in the game where you thought that, okay, maybe the Yankees are going to try and get back into this. And with that base running blunder that we have become more accustomed to seeing with the Red Sox, to see it happen to another team in an extremely <laughs> clutch situation and almost serve as like a total buzzkill for them. Uh, yeah. that, that was a huge part of the game. And like you said, the relay was spot on and to just, I mean, with that play, then the one where I think it was an inning or two later, a similar situation with the Red Sox and the run score standing up. No, no tag, even no play at the plate, really. Whereas judge gets tossed out at the plate by a mile. And that, that kind of sealed it in my eyes. And you could just tell, like, once it, even, the, even though the bullpen uh, wasn't dominant, they got the job done. And, yeah, they gave up that home run late, uh, but it was only a solo, so not going to harp on it too much. But all in all, a, a really good game there for the Red Sox. Job well done. Get, get past the heated rivals and onto the division series against the AL East champs and the top seed in the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays. And, uh, in the NL wildcard game last night on Wednesday, the Dodgers and Cardinals squared off. It was Adam Wainwright opposing Max Scherzer. And we had ourselves a little bit of a pitcher's duel. Uh, neither pitcher could get out of the sixth inning. Uh, and ultimately it became a battle of the bullpens. And eventually the Cardinals bullpen served one up as Chris Taylor hit a walk-off two run home run to, to send the Dodgers. Out of the wild card round and into the division series round, well, they will take on the NL West champs and also number one seed the, their heated rivals, the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was a hell of a moment. I'm not going to lie to you. That, dude, that's the thing. Like, this wild card game
1: is such a great feature of the playoffs and playoffs in general because, like, it's one game, do or die. And you can have a game like the Red Sox and the Yankees, where, you know, it's a great story, like great rivalry. The game itself wasn't like the same flair for the dramatic in the way that uh, you had the Dodgers and, and the Cardinals. And, you know, it's just crazy to see, too, a 106 win team in the Dodgers being in the wild card game, just, be, you know, because the Giants were just a little bit better. Um, And the Cardinals had a crazy run at the end of the season too. So like that all culminated to like a great moment with that walk-off. And would have been a great story too, if the Cardinals just, you know, were able to finish the job there, but yeah, that game has a flair for the dramatic and it's what I love about it. And I'm not like bummed. We didn't see that like as much in the Sox and Yankees, but you had that enough. I mean, that Fenway crowd was so insane, and I hope we see more of that. Like, w- like you said, one of the biggest rivalries in baseball, Dodgers and Giants. That's going to be great too. And I think you know, the Dodgers that would that would have been a tough out if they lost in the wild card game after you know what they did at the trade deadline, getting Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, like. They, they needed that, and they got it. So, I mean, it's, it's one of the great parts of the MLB postseason as a whole is that wild-card game.
0: Yeah. So, that was the wild-card game, uh, or the wild-card games, I should say. Let's move on to talking about the upcoming divisional series. We'll start in the AL with our beloved Red Sox as they take on the aforementioned Tampa Bay Rays. Dan, let me get you started with this. Who or Who is going to be a player to watch from one or both sides in this series? Well, obviously, I think
1: one for the Rays is Wander Franco. You know, just all of a sudden bursting on the scene. One of the, you know, top guys in the league, arguably right now um, and for the Rays. And I, I like if that guy's on, they're going to be good. And I think you're going to see a lot of production. Like they're a young team. And if they have one of their best young guys, they're obviously best young guy um, succeeding and doing well. That's going to be something that will help the team overall kind of maybe get over some, obviously they were in the world series last year, but if there's, you know, some new pitchers out there, they have a guy they called back up. Who's only made, well, I think three starts I'm blanking on his name, but, Um, Overall, they're a young team. So if their best young guy is going, that's going to be huge. Um, And for the Red Sox, overall, I just think it's Devers. I I think, you know, that that might be too obvious. But for the Red Sox, again, he's your best guy. He's your best hitter. And he's your most, I'd say, big poppy-esque type of guy in that lineup. And if he's clicking on all cylinders, then that's huge. And I know he's not really an X factor. So a smaller guy, I guess I would say, is a guy like Bobby Dahlbeck, if I want to throw that in there. Because, again, he was a great hitter uh, in the second half, especially August and September. And if he can just not fuck up in the field, then that's great too. So, like, Bobby Dahlbeck is another guy, I think, smaller level for the Red Sox that – if he, can, if he can pop, that's huge. You'll take all you can get because I think you're going to need a lot of runs against this uh, raised pitching. It's going to be hard to come by because they have a lot of guys that can throw hard, and they're good, and they're accurate. So if you can't get runs, you're not going to win this series.
0: Yeah, you're jumping the gun a little bit on the X factors, but I, I appreciate it. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> The, uh, the guy so you're thinking of uh, that the Rays just uh, kind of added or just sort of has just surfaced, uh, that's Shane Baz. Uh, he'll be starting game two for the Rays. Uh, he's pitched very well in limited uh, appearances. Got a 2-4-5 ERA, I believe. Uh, for me, the players to watch on either side are both starting pitchers. For the Rays, it's going to be Drew Ross-Mussen. I hope I didn't botch that. Uh, he's been quite a revelation for the Rays ever since being acquired in late May from the Brewers. He's sporting a 4 0 record, a 244 ERA, and a sub 1 whip, 0.97 to be exact. But he's even been more impressive since being added to the Tampa Bay rotation in mid August. He started eight games since mid August with a 146 ERA in 37 innings pitched. Now, that means he's not exactly getting deep into a game. He's not even averaging five innings pitched per start. So getting deep into the games could be an issue for him. He's the likely game three starter for the Rays. Uh, But when the Rays, everyone knows the Rays have the bullpen to match up with anyone. So it's really just a matter of getting through the late, the early innings, the first four to five innings uh, as clean as can be and turning it over to the bullpen. And Rasmussen has been able to do that so far with the Rays because he, he really hadn't done much uh, with the Brewers in 2020 and 2021 before being traded. I mean, he's still a rookie. So he could be a real difference maker as long as the moment doesn't get to him. Uh, and I think for the Red Sox, the player to watch has to be Chris Sale. It's time for him to put together a great postseason. Yes, you Mm -hmm. can point back to 2018, how he struck out Machado to win it all. And that moment obviously will live in Red Sox lore for the the length of time. But in that postseason, his ERA was above four. And his career postseason ERA between two postseasons is 6.24. That's not going to cut it this year whatsoever with the pitching that the Red Sox have at the moment. Yes. So yeah, he's been, he was solid during the 2018 championship run, but they need him to be great. They need him to have a dominant postseason if they have any hopes of doing it again, like they did in 2018. Now you get into X factors and you, you bring up Bobby Dahlbeck. I think the X factor for the Red Sox, Dan has to be Nathan Evaldi just between how he has just... He's the only Red Sox starter on the postseason roster with a track record of playoff success. You look at the only the other ones, you get Sale and Erod. they don't really have it. And then between Pavetta and uh, Tanner Hook, they haven't been there. So going into this year. So Evaldi is the only one with a proven track record of success. And you really need to to just he's going to have to play a pivotal part if the Red Sox want to advance deep into the postseason because we all know that the Red Sox have the hitting to go far. One through seven, one through eight, however you want to, wherever you want to cut it off. The lineup top to bottom is loaded, but the pitching is what's going to make or break them in the postseason. Evaldi's going to be that anchor. He's, the, he's an all-star this season for a reason, and he's probably going to have to carry a workload similar to that of 2018, and he's going to have to dominate in a similar fashion to that of 2018 for the Sox to go deep in the postseason. So, Dan, who would you say would be an X factor maybe for the Rays? So, for the Rays, honestly,
1: so, I mean, I, I already kind of gave it. Um, But Wander Franco, again, he's their best player, in my opinion. And I just think that they're a young team. They came close last year. They honestly, you know, barring maybe one or two different managerial decisions, they could have maybe won that series. But again, they're looking to climb that throne and finally get over the hump after a decade plus of trying to do that very thing. They've came close multiple times. And I think a guy like Wander Franco um, is that kind of guy that will get them over the top if they were to do so. So if they're going to win this series against the Sox and hope to win the ALCS and going further, uh, he's the obvious guy um, who's absolutely, you know, bursted onto the scene in the MLB is becoming a a top guy before our very eyes. And I think he, you know, the Rays go as far as he takes them, even though the MLB is a very, you know, individual driven sport as a team. I just think that young team, they need that energy. They need him to be firing on all cylinders um, if they want to go far.
0: Yeah. The Rays do rely on a a lot of rookies and young talent, young up and comers. Uh, but I think the X factor for the Rays is actually the one old veteran that's in that lineup, and that is Nelson Cruz. They picked him up in a mid-season trade acquisition, and Nelson Cruz ha- just really hasn't clicked with the Rays. They, they're going to need him to step up in the postseason and be a big focal point of the offense. He hit; he's only hit two twenty-six with a sub 300 OBP with the Rays, but he has the playoff pedigree to be able to flip the switch. And I think for the Rays to be in the conversation, get to that world series platform again, they really need him to play a big part in that. So I would say Nelson Cruz is the X factor for the Tampa Bay Rays. So, Let's get into picks for this series. Dan, who you got and in how many games? So, unfortunately,
1: I have the Rays in this series. Uh, I have them winning in four games. I just think that they have been too good this season. And I just think that the Sox have kind of gotten as far as they could have regarding like the second half kind of blow up that they did have, you know, they led the division at one point um, right before the trade deadline. They end up blowing that. They end up, you know, great wild card win. Um, and that can be a great fuel for a team, but I think in this case, you know you're kind of banged up too, like JD is far from 100 percent, who knows how much we'll see him, who knows what Chris Sale will give them as well, and what they're pitching will give them as a whole. Um, We've seen their bullpen blow up and their pitching blow up time to time. And the Rays have great pitching. And if their offense does not click, that's going to be an issue. I don't think they're going to be enough for the Rays. So that's why I got Rays in four, man, sadly.
0: Yeah, I wish I could say differently as well, but I can't. I'm also taking the Rays in four. I hate to to pick against our, our team, but... Between just the the, the lack of a, a back end bullpen in terms of they don't have a go to guy in the closer, it's just figure it's just whoever Akora uh, just. It's almost like he's throwing darts at a board, like obviously with with strategy, but like it, it just feels like it's a complete toss up late in games in the bullpen, and I feel like with the The struggles for pitching and the lack of clutch performing in the late second half of the season, I, I just really don't see how they will be able to match up across even a five game series with the Rays, and and that's saying a lot because the Rays I've already lost a lot of guys. Whether they trading Blake Snell at the beginning of the year, they lost Glasnow to ACL or Tommy John surgery, like they have lost a lot of talent and star studded talent and they still led the American league in wins and got to a hundred wins that, that just speaks to a lot. And as much as I want to say like, Oh, they're such a young team. Like they're, they're inexperienced. Like they were just to the world series last year. Guys like Randy Rosarena who are still technically is a rookie literally had one of the all time great pro seasons last year. So I'm, I am just – this is one of those rare occasions where, yeah, they've got a lot of young, inexperienced guys, but in, they were just there last year. And I, I don't see the Red Sox yep. having enough talent across the board to be able to stack up. I, I think that when push comes to shove, they'll keep it games close, but they won't be able to deliver in those clutch situations. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So let's talk about the other – Division Series matchup in the AL. You've got the White Sox, the winners of the Central, and the Astros, the winners of the West in the AL. Uh, Dan, who's your player to watch in this series, which is actually already kicked off as we record? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: I think it's Jose Altuve because he's been the face of the Astros since their, you know, rise to, you know, being world champions and, you know, their cheating scandal and all of that, like everything that's happened with them, he's kind of in the face. I know there's other guys still there, like, you know, Correa, but I think Altuve is like the face of that franchise. And he's kind of the player to watch for me because he does great things out there. He's a very talented player. And I, I'm i kind of, like, on a theme of, like, who drives these teams. Like, who in my mind are, like, kind of, you know, the straw that stirs the drink, so to speak, um, for these teams and these franchises. And who's, like, been the face of their playoff success, if they have have had any. And Altuve is certainly that guy. And he's very polarizing as well. So, um, Altuve is definitely a player to watch for me for the series.
0: I like Altuve and I'm going to speak more to his battery mate, uh, his double playmate uh, in terms yeah. of X factors. So spoiler there, but my player <laughs> to watch, I've actually got one from each team. It's going to be Lance McCullers jr. For the Astros and Craig Kimbrell for the white Sox. So McCullers, He's put in by far his best season of his career in 2021. He set career highs across the board. Wins, he was 13 and 5 this year. ERA, Ks, he was he absolutely showed that he can be the ace of a of a championship contending team. The Astros ace is going to be relied upon big time. He's starting game 1 as we speak right now for the Astros. Hasn't let up a run yet as we're into the fourth inning in game 1 and they, if they're gonna get back to the World Series, McCullers is gonna be a big reason why. Uh, he's got a nasty curveball that nobody seems to be able to touch, and if and he loves to loves to go to it all the time, and people still can't figure it out. So if he can keep that up in the postseason, then he then him and the Astros have a pretty good shot of not only winning this series but advancing uh, to yet another World Series. Uh, on the flip side, Craig Kimbrell, not so much as of late in terms of how he's been playing. He had, he started off very well as the closer for the Cubs, but then he gets traded to the crosstown rivals over the white Sox, And he has certainly had his fair share of struggles with the white Sox. He's sporting a five zero nine ERA in 23 innings pitched with the white Sox and he's blown three of four save opportunities with the White Sox. So he's, ha- he's still figuring it out with Chicago, and luckily they already have Liam Hendricks locked in as their all-star closer. So they've got the ninth inning duties figured out, uh, but Kimbrough really needs to step up and figure out a way to thrive in a setup role this postseason, and he's never been able to really do that in his career. He's not good in non safe situations whatsoever. And so I, was, I never really understood the trade to begin with, and he's shown why he shouldn't be put into a team where he's not the guy in uh, a bullpen. But if he can figure it out in the postseason, which that remains to be seen as well, then they could have a really dominant, Back into the bullpen with Kopech, Kimbrell, and uh, Hendricks. That that's a, just a formidable trio, and I'm probably missing a name or two for them as well. Uh, they they've got a really good bullpen, but they really need Kimbrell to step up to make it put it over the top.
1: Yeah, and Ryan, I I love that pick too. I I had him on my list as well. Um, I was going to throw him in there, but because like. Again, he like he's a guy that's been there, he's done that and he hasn't been able to kind of prove it in Chicago with the White Sox at least. Obviously with the Cubs he did, but uh yeah, that's if he can be the Craig Kimbrel of like 2 years ago, then that is a boost like you've never seen. Um absolutely. Another one I uh, I just want to throw in there is Lucas Giolito. Uh just, you know, he's their game 2 starter. Um but you know, he's only hit the sixth inning mark once in his last uh, six games. So, you know, see what he can give them there. Um, and as a game two guy, like, it's still a big spot. Um, so I think he's one to look at as well. But Craig Kimbrell is one I will definitely be watching. I think uh, all of
0: our friends will be watching him very- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Absolutely giulito <laughs> uh, is definitely a guy to watch for sure i mean the dude threw a no hitter earlier this season so he yeah, you no. know he's got lights out stuff when he is on uh so should be an excellent matchup in game two as well uh let's talk x factors though dan uh I, I might i've got two on this one as well for this series and as i mentioned for the for the astros i think it's carlos correa their shortstop for the white Sox, i think it's luis robert the young uh, he's already won a gold glove in his second season the center fielder out there so with with the with the astros carlos correa it's his final year in houston potentially they it's he's scheduled to be a free agent this yeah. upcoming offseason they've tried to re-sign him multiple times multiple offers have been made and nothing could be made, agreed upon if houston is going to go far they need another big run out of Carlos Correa. And he's played very well when the Astros go far, when they won it all in 2017, he was very impressive last year when they went to the ALCS and took the raise to, I think six or seven games uh, th- he played very well. So he, he usually, even though he's only the six hitter in that vaunted. Astros lineup, the number one base uh, lineup in baseball. He's he seems to be that kind of difference maker. Where when he's on, the team usually has a successful postseason, or at least makes it very deep into the postseason. When he's not, that's not so much the case. So I think if he is able to play very well or early and often in this postseason in 2021, that could be a huge difference for the Astros. On the flip side, Luis Robert, second-year player, center fielder for the White Sox. He, he did miss over half of 2021 this year. But if you look at his numbers, they're still eye-popping, nonetheless, even though it's not across an entire full 162-game season. Since he's returned in from, August, from injury on August 9th, he is hitting 365 in 40 games. That's incredible for a guy last year that had a swing and miss rate of 41%. And he's cut that number down to about 28%. So that's a huge reason why he's been able to excel uh, with the bat. Like I said, he he won a gold glove as a rookie last year. So you know he's a stud of a fielder. And he's going to be counted on to perform across the board and be a catalyst in the two spot for that White Sox lineup. But do you have an X-Factor, Dan, for this series? yeah I do I do. um
1: it's again, like I'm going pitcher here. I'm going with the Astros. I got Zach Ranke. um he had a solid you know solid year. He's gotten up there in age, but like this isn't the same Astros you know pitching staff that you know we've seen before. um, and I think he's a guy that, again the the better you can have um, your top guys and even your end guys in the rotation, if they can give you five, if they can give you even six, and he's a guy that I believe can do that, then again, you have the offense that can produce enough for that type of pitching. And the Astros, again, they're, you know, not, not a spoiler, but, They're one of my favorites um, in this postseason because, you know, they're a team that has climbed that, you know, that hill before, and they don't have the same exact core that they had back when they won. But I think Ranky's a guy that, you know, if he can just uh, supplant that rotation any way he can, then they will have success. And the White Sox are going to have a tough time, but uh, they, they have a good offense too, but. I think he is definitely an uh, X factor for the Astros um, in the series. So,
0: yeah, he'll pro- if if he does pitch, because I'm not sure they might use him in the bullpen. I've seen. I was worried. Yeah, I was worried about picking him for
1: that reason, but
0: he, he could do something
1: like in the bullpen too. You think?
0: Yeah. No, I think whatever role they end up utilizing him, whether it's a, a, a long reliever. Guy that can you can if like your uh, your game three starter only gets you two innings you can throw him in there and he can go four or five and get you to the back end of the bullpen uh, or if it's to start games right off the bat whether it's a, a game three or even a game four uh, I, I think he could definitely be a next factor for them he's had success in the postseason before I know he's coming off of it a little bit of an injury uh, he had a neck injury that he had to go on the injured list for a couple weeks ago but he's on the roster. So they obviously feel that he's at least healthy enough to pitch, uh, whether it's uh, early in the series or maybe later on in the series, he's going to be uh, a factor at one point or another. So uh, I I can't hate you for that one. And he could end up being a difference maker for sure. Uh, So let's get into our picks here for this series. I will kick us off. I'm. I have to say that I'm going to try and ignore the fact that the Astros are up three nothing in the bottom of the fourth already on the White Sox in Game One. I'm going to ignore that, and I'm just going to just say because I, I wrote this down before the game started, Chicago in five. Uh, all obviously, Game One is not making me feel so great about that, but. I I think that this is an up-and-coming team. They obviously – this is their first sort of postseason together. I'm, I'm not going to really count last year because of how many teams were allowed to be in because of COVID. Uh, but I think this is their, their first chance to make a statement. And if they could just steal one of the first two games in Houston, I think that they have a really good shot of – of winning in four. Um, but what I think will ultimately happen is Houston will win the first two Chicago will then win the next two in Chicago. And then anything happens in game five. And I'll say Chicago finds a, some way, somehow pulls out a win in game five and advances. Yeah, I got it in five too, but
1: I got the Astros. I just, I think they still got enough guys there that, um again have been there like you said this is chicago's first like you know real crack at it i think they're a great team again like as good as they are i think they need to make a change at manager like i think tony larusa La is just like uh, we saw earlier in the year with uh uh fuck i again blanking on this dude's name uh but um you know, bitched at him for hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 count and reamed him out. Like, I think they have the wrong manager there, and who knows? It could bite them in this series. I don't know if that's going to be the reason, you know, but the Astros have been there, and they still have uh, enough guys from that core that I think they get it done, and they get it done in five.
0: Yeah, I can't fault you for the Astros pick. They're definitely the favorite in the series with all the postseason experience that yeah. the team carries. Um, I think it'll definitely be an upset if the White Sox are able to advance over them. But something, something tells me, I don't know, it's a gut feeling. It's, it's not something I'm, I feel uh, super confident or strong about. It's just a gut feeling on this one. Um, but let's move over to the National League and let's start with the Braves and the Brewers. Dan, give me a player to watch in the series between the NL East champs and the NL central champs.
1: Okay. So for this one, I had to dig a little bit just cause I don't, you know, these are two teams. I don't like, although the Braves are like, again, one of those teams like that are kind of like up and coming and exciting. Uh, this guy is a little bit opposite of that mold of young and exciting, but Char- Charlie Morton, their uh, game one starter. Uh, he, he's he been a guy that has been pretty consistent, uh, you know, hot commodity the past few years. Um, had a pretty solid season, 14-6, and six, with a 3-3 ERA and over 200 Ks and a whip just a hair over uh, one. So, again, if the Braves, you know, they couldn't crack 90 wins this season, they're going to have to win, I think, if – their pitching is on point. Um, the Dodgers, again, they have – they're a wagon. Uh, Dodgers, I'm sorry. Dumbass. Um, the <laughs> Brewers. I, I had a braid fart. I'm sorry. You, you, the Brewers – uh, the, the Brewers aren't, like, anything to sneeze at. They've had a crack or two at it as well. Um, and I think that if the Braves are going to win this series, again, their pitching is going to have to be on point. Ronald Acuna um, is going to have to be good. And like, I just don't know. Dan. Oh, no. Ryan.
0: Dan, You might as well well shoot me. Uh, No, I I mean, I could probably get away with it in Arkansas, but no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, No, 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 we're not going to do that. But we would be remiss if we did not correct that. Acuna obviously done for the season with the ACL injury, uh, hence why the Braves went out and traded for a bunch of outfielders to help fill the void. And those 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 uh, trade trade pieces have actually performed admirably for the Braves and have really done a nice job of keeping that lineup afloat. And that's probably uh, putting it mildly. Um, the Braves lineup is definitely uh, what was the catalyst of the team. Although the pitching has been also what has stepped up since the trade deadline for the Braves. They're not only has their starting pitching improved, but their bullpen has also improved. Their bullpen has gone from mediocre to top five in the second half post all-star break. Uh, So that's going to be something that the Braves will need to continue. For me, Dan, the player to watch is Corbin Burns, the starter for the Milwaukee Brooders. Okay. The man just put together a historic season to anchor that pitching staff. And he, I, don't, I, I assume he's going to win Cy Young, but I, I mean, with how there are so many quality options in the NL to win Cy Young. So uh, it, it wouldn't be terribly unsurprising to see somebody else take it, but I do believe Burns is the favorite. He led the NL in ERA strikeouts per nine fewest walks per nine fewest home runs allowed per nine and the only reason he didn't lead the league in strikeouts he was two back of scherzer scherzer had 236 uh Bern struck out 234 so she had a completely dominant regular season for the milwaukee brewers and he needs to translate that to the postseason, if the Brewers want to make a run here in October, it's his first postseason as a starter. He did have one season with the Brewers where he was a, a reliever in the postseason, but this is his first go around as a starter. And if he is able to put together anywhere near as quality a postseason as he did in the 2021 regular season, the Brewers will have a shot in this series for sure. Um, but yeah, w- when we're talking X factors in this series, I like you brought up Charlie Morton as your player to watch because he's is my X factor in this series. You you rattled off <laughs> his regular okay, you, I'll take that. Yep, you 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 rattled off his reg, regular season stats this year. Well, let me give you his postseason career stats. Give it to Seven and three record overall, a three three eight ERA. In the postseason. Yeah. That's pretty much in track with what he did this year with Atlanta. He's consistent. He really is. He's excelled in the playoffs, especially so in recent years with both the Astros and Rays. And the Braves will need him to mirror that and then some in order for them to go far this year. Him and Max Freed have to become a dynamic 1-2 duo for the Braves uh, to supplement the lineup that has been fairly good Uh, throughout the course of the year if they're going to go far. So I like Charlie Morton as my X factor in this series. Do you have one, Dan? So for the X factor, I'm just, you know, I'm
1: just rolling with Morton. Um, Again, I know they're not the same thing like eh, player to watch an X factor, but with this Braves team without acute, uh, Acuna, which I fucked up with, which <laughs> I, you know, hand up, it happens. Hand up, it, happens. it happens. Um, I just, with a guy like Morton, you know, you're not the, uh, guy per se, but like he had a great year. He's nothing but consistent. And if he can just keep following on that track, like you're in a good spot and you can win that series and try to make a push in the NLCS, um, But, yeah, like with Noah Acuna, like that, that's tough. And your pitching has to be that much better. Um, So he has to be a big part of that if they want to advance um, post this series. So, you know what? Fuck it. I'm rolling with Morton.
0: Fair enough. Let's get into our picks for this series, Dan. Uh, I will let you go first. Who do you got in this series?
1: You know what? I'm going to go with the Brew Crew. I think that they have been there before a little bit. They have had their chances. I don't know that they get through any further than that. I think whoever wins this series, I think obviously it kind of clear is probably going to lose in the NLCS, but you know, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers mostly based on a gut feeling, uh, if I'm going to be honest, but um i just think that like if you don't have your top guy in the Braves like i just don't think they're ready yet um to do it and their pitching again is really good but i just i think the brewers find a way here and they, the Braves um again neither team is going to get far um but i do have the brewers here um and i have them in four
0: yeah, uh, I I've also have the Brewers in this series. I'll say it goes five games. And the reason I think this one also goes the distance is because Atlanta, they, for as well as Max Freed and Charlie Morton have been, it's been equally impressive how the lineup has done even without uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. The fact that they have an entire infield third base, shortstop, second base, and first baseman, all with 25-plus home runs. That would be Austin Riley, Dansby Swatson, Ozzie Albies, and Freddie Freeman. All hit 25 or more home runs, which is only the second team ever to do that. Th- that's, that's an incredible uh, performance on the, their end that they were able to pick up the slack in the, in the absence of Acuna. Uh, so I'm giving the the Braves the benefit of the doubt in that the lineup is just bursting with home run hitters, top to bottom. And I think that that will, that will stretch out the series, but I, ultimately the Brewers, the top end of their pitching rotation, you look at Burns, Brandon Woodruff was uh, the ace last year for the Brewers. And even Freddie Peralta has emerged as a, a top option in that rotation. That that I just if they can get the game if they can get the ball to Hater at the end I know they're missing their setup man who uh, conveniently punched a wall when they won the NL Central crown which is you know always what you want to see from your top players punching walls and but if they can get the ball to Hater then he's gonna he's gonna shut the door and I think that's ultimately what you'll see so I like Brewers in five. Which leaves us with right. one, one series in the divisional round left to preview, and that is the heavyweight matchup between the Dodgers and the Giants. It's actually the first time ever that these two heated rivals have ever played each other in the postseason, which that's great. It, it really is. That's bananas that they have never played each other before uh, in the postseason. Uh, So let's get into our player to watch in this series, Dan. Who you got here? Player to watch
1: is Mookie Marcus Lynn Betts. Okay. (laughs) Because, because he has not been quite the playoff uh, stud that some would, you know, might think. He just has not been the same guy in the playoffs overall in his career. Again, the Dodgers looking to go back to back. Mookie already has won a championship, might put an asterisk there, 60-game season COVID year. Still, they won. But again, this year, a little bit different. And he just hasn't been the same guy. He's a career 264 average guy in the playoffs OPS only 7.57, slugging 4.11, OBP only 3.46. He's not the same guy historically in the postseason as he is in the regular season MVP type of stuff that we've seen. So for me, player to watch this series is Mookie. Because again, not only that, what I mentioned, we all know he can make fantastic plays in the field. He can be electric at the plate. He can have those kind of moments like, he's a guy for that kind of flair when it's there. So,
0: Mookie, that's my guy to watch. Definitely no Red Sox bias there. None whatsoever. No, uh, but,
1: oh, but hey, hey.
0: Guy <laughs> to watch. Fuck you. Uh, all right. That's <laughs> not necessary, sir. All right. You made, you made. Getting this back on the rails here. My player to watch in this series is also on the Dodgers. But it, once again, it's on the pitching end of things because that's just timely hitting in clutch postseason pitching is what really matters here in the playoffs. I'm going with Walker Bueller. You you've well, got no Clayton Kershaw, most likely, for the Dodgers in this postseason run. And, but you do have him and you do have Max Scherzer. So those are going to be the two go-to guys. The Dodgers are going to re- rely upon for their one, two punch uh, Walker Buehler's postseason track record. It's excellent. Out, absolutely outstanding in 61 and two thirds innings pitched. He has an, a 2.35 ERA across 11 starts. That's out. That's just from a guy of that age. That is incredible. Uh, so, I'm looking to see if he can put together another strong playoff performance and propel the team to back-to-back titles. Uh, because, yes, I know he he had a little bit of a, a, a hiccups in September, and so he while he's I think he's still going to finish high in the Cy Young race. He probably cost himself that by having an iffy September. Uh, but when you've got a dude with six. Pitches like video games don't even know what to do with the six pitch like that. And he's (laughs) got the playoff track record that he has that. That's all I need to know that this dude is a stud and he'll be a stud for years to come. I'm looking forward to watching him and we'll see if he can dominate uh, the giants as well as the rest of the the competition in the playoffs this season. And that leaves us with our X factor for the series, Dan, my X factor for this series is going to be Chris Bryant, the third baseman slash outfielder that the giants acquired at the trade deadline. Now, while he had another solid season in 2021 between playing with the Cubs and the giants, he, and he is a, a world series champion with the Cubs. I'll give him that. You look at his career playoff numbers and they are pitiful. He is a career 170 hitter in the postseason, Dan. 206 OBP across 39 games. That is not going to cut it whatsoever. The Giants will need a productive Chris Bryant if they want to get past LA and try and win another championship. It's It's an odd year, Dan, so I don't like their chances. But if Chris Bryant... Is able to put together his best postseason yet, which I mean won't take a whole lot to do. Uh that could be a big bo- a big boon for them if they're able to get a productive Chris Bryant and supplement that rest of that outstanding roster.
1: Well, I wanted to take him and I, I like that pick a lot. Um yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause like when I think of Chris Bryant in the playoffs, my head just goes to 2016 Cubs. They, you know, reverse their curse, whatever. Oh, he, he had to have been pretty good di- uh, during that time, but and like, he, and he was, yeah. that was his he, one he, good postseason. They go, they they keep going back and they can't sustain it. That Cubs team. We saw they flamed out. They end up trading all their guys, whatever. But for this, Uh, I'm going to give you Mike Yastrzemski, uh, their outfielder. Um, you know, again, a guy that is like a good middling, like Verdugo type of guy that I like kind of fits into that mold. Like he can kind of pop off and give you something at the plate. And when he does that, like supplied with say a Chris Bryant, what have you, like that can be huge. So I think he might be a smaller, like lower Lowercase X factor, you know, not big uppercase X factor um, for the John. But I think he's definitely like a big part of that whole operation there um, for their offense. Um, if they want to get past a team like the Dodgers, dude, you're gonna need a guy like um, out there, a guy who has some power. You know, 25 home runs for 71 RBI. He's not the you know biggest slugger out there, but he can hit the ball. And that's what you're going to need to do against their, their pitching. <laughs> They're pitching, man. Jesus. Yeah.
0: It's, it's really tough to pick an X factor from the Giants because it could be anyone from Brendan Crawford to the last guy on the bench. That's how Literally, deep of a team they are. The fact that
1: they won 107 games, Is insane. It's like, they remind me a little bit of like the 2013 stocks in a way that like, they may not be the most like talented overall, but they, they're just not like they've just been on all
0: year wire to wire. Yeah. And that's definitely been the most impressive. They, they were, the Red Sox were sort of kind of right there with them through the first half. And then the Red Sox kind of started to recede a little bit to the norm, come back to the norm. The Giants didn't do that. The Giants were just on a bender from start to finish. And once they they got uh, a hold of first place, I think they held it from like the end of May to the end of the season with the exception of like a couple days in September. Ah, It's crazy. So like the Giants have been absolutely – like the darling of 2021. And I'm very interested to see if it will carry over into the postseason or if the Dodgers and all that, that talent that the owner, that organization has put together and acquired over between bringing in Mookie Betts, signing Trevor Bauer, who's not even on the team. Yep. They don't even have Bauer. They don't even have him former Cy Young winner, uh, trading for Scherzer, trading for Trey Turner. I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches in L.A. So I'm going to be very interested to see how the Giants, uh, if they can hang in there, which in the regular season they did. The Giants won the season series by a game. So, uh, and that uh, that game was ultimately the difference in the standings and why the Giants will get home field and why they didn't have to play in the wild card round. Uh, but it remains to be seen if they can get the job done in the postseason. So let's make some picks here, Dan. Uh, I will go first. I think the series has to go five games uh, as much. Uh, it, it just, it, it's got, this it feels like a, it's destined to go five games, but I think that the, when you literal, really, Two literal heavyweights, Ryan. Yeah. Just for the heavyweight Yeah, literally. The two best records in baseball squaring off in a division series matchup. And... <laughs> i I think that when push comes to shove, even though the Giants have will have home field in game five, the cream rises to the top dan so i I'm gonna put faith in the Dodgers and say they will survive an advance in five games over the Giants.
1: I will match that prediction ryan they again they're just too good they have too much on their side pitching hitting and fielding like pitching even without bauer or kershaw what have you they have plenty and the giants great story but like you said like just not quite enough the cream will rise to the top the defending world series champions i do not see them losing in the in the nlds here um and, again, I just think to a guy like Mookie Betts, like he's bound to really break through in the postseason. And they're already, like, just loaded. And I don't think they're going to lose a best of five to the Giants, even though they're the freaking wildcard team with over 100 wins. Like, it's just, it's just laughable. But, hey, they're here, and they might even have a little bit, bit of a boost from that wild card win. I mean that's a big win in the fashion that they won it over the cardinals so you might want to factor that in just you know a hair as well.
0: Yep. So let's wrap up here and give our the rest of our predictions for the remainder of the postseason. So we've got fairly similar picks in the in the divisional round outside of the Astros And White Sox, which continues to look worse and worse for me as the Astros are now up six to nothing. Uh, But needless to say, you have the Rays and the Astros in the ALCS, and you have the Brewers and the Dodgers in the NLCS. So who do you have winning those two series?
1: Well, I've got a vision, Ryan, and I think the Astros. Uh, overcome the Rays in the ALCS. I see that happening in six games because both teams are really good. That Rays team, I don't think it's going to go down quietly um, whatsoever. I think the Astros are just a little bit better. And again, with that pedigree and that chip on their shoulder too, like they've been the villains for the past two years and yeah, like deserved or not, obviously deserved if you're them, you're wearing that. And like, that's even more so a motivation for them. So I think they get back to the world series um, in six games over the race. And then on the flip side with the Brewers and the Dodgers, again, like I said, whoever is winning that Braves and uh, Brewers series, they will succumb to whoever wins the Dodgers and Giants series. So here I got the Dodgers winning in five Like, again, I think the Brewers are good enough where they can snack a game, but Dodgers are just that good. And especially winning that series over the Giants, you're overcoming the team that was right above you, even though you were pretty much that good. Um, I see that happening. They're going to be on a roll. They're going to be firing if that's the case. So Dodgers and four, uh, five there rather.
0: And then in the world series, uh, do you want me to give that or no? Uh, you can you can hold on to that one for a okay. little, little bit. Let me catch up with you as Under well. my hat, yeah, catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I also have the Dodgers and Brewers in my NLCS. Uh, I'll take the Dodgers in six. I really think Milwaukee can, can give them a puncher's chance. Uh, I think it'll be yeah. a little bit more than a gentleman's sweep. I think that the, the, the Brewers are capable of taking more than a game. I'll, I'll I'll say that they are able to snag two games from the Dodgers, but ultimately I do agree the Dodgers should be able to get past the Brewers nonetheless. In the ALCS, I have the Rays and the White Sox. Obviously, I keep mentioning how the White Sox pick doesn't look so hot, uh, but <laughs> I've got Tampa Bay over Chicago in six as well. Uh, I just Chicago is inexperience will eventually get to them at some point in this postseason and if it doesn't get them in the divisional series i think it will catch up to them in the championship series round which unfortunately for me means i've set up a dodgers and rays rematch from last year which is Just not what you want to see from a Red Sox fan point of view, but it is what it is. Hmm. And uh, you've got yourself a Dodgers and Astros uh, matchup in the World Series. So let me hear what the vision has.
1: So I have the Dodgers going back to back and I have them getting their ultimate revenge over the Astros um from what four years ago i yeah. i just i know it's like almost like two like storybook but sometimes that's how it goes in sports you know at times and like look these two teams are still very great the Dodgers might be still higher at their powers but the Astros are still damn good and i just see this as like that kind of thing. Like, we're kind of back to normal ish with COVID and everything. Like, in terms of the season, it's not a shortened season. Like, this is legit. Last year, the Dodgers win it. Somebody had to win it. But this, I don't think anything compares to the grind that is the 162, all of that. And to do it here in this spot, I just, it would be like a, like, <laughs> like a reintroduction to like everything, like the Dodgers get their revenge. They'd be the first team to go back and back, uh, back to back. I believe since the Yankees did it in the late nineties. Um, and that'd be an incredible feat. So, and I, they obviously have the roster to to do it, but yeah, I got the Dodgers Astros and I got the Dodgers in six. um, You got two great teams, but at the end of the day, like I just think the Dodgers are, they're just stacked. Even missing a player here and there, that is really good. They're just, they're so stacked and they've been so great all year. And at this point, from what I've predicted, they've overcome a lot and they've beaten um, the team above them. They've beaten the Brewers and to beat the Astros there, that'd be like the sort of like, final chapter not like final but like a nice closing to that kind of thing with all the cheating scandals and all that shit
0: Hmm. well i've got the dodgers and rays as i said before in my world series and i unfortunately think we're gonna get deja vu here i think the dodgers like you have them i think they will go back to back just too much talent across the board, not enough weaknesses to exploit in a, in a five or seven game series. Uh, And last year the Dodgers won in six and maybe the Rays can push it to seven this year, but I, I really think this is another six game series here. I'll take the Dodgers in six over the Rays to go back to back. Like you said, for the first time since the Yankees went back to back in ninety nine, two thousand. So, that. Yeah. So we've got the Dodgers. No surprises there, winning it all yet again. Uh, we'll see who they, or who they might end up playing if they're able to get there. Uh, we we differ on that, but I think that's going to do it for this MLB postseason preview. Show. Do you got any final thoughts, Dan, before we uh call it a wrap?
1: Uh just uh, you know, it's a great time of uh, the year. We got, you know, prime football time. We got MLB postseason every single day from now and until the start of the World Series, every single night you will have MLB postseason baseball on your television in front of your goddamn eyeballs. Until the start of the World Series, until they skip a day, so I'm excited. That's all I. I, I mean, just games on games, so can't be more thrilled.
0: Amen to that. So I think that's going to do it for this edition of Fixing to Talk Sports. For Dan Sadik, I'm Ryan Brown. We'll see you next time. Go to.